What's up, everybody? Welcome to the In the Dome podcast. That was really somber. Well, you know what? You got to change it up. Hey, everybody, we're just here for a little podcast. If someone's scrolling through and listening to all the beginning, you can't just be me yelling at the start of every podcast. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that, yeah, because I remember on the 960, there used to be this really annoying diamonds commercial where some lady screamed. The Spence Diamonds? Spence. Oh my god. That one? I. I hated it so much. It's like 6 a.m. and it's black out. I'm like, I think, dude, I think that's a guy. That's definitely not a guy. Pretty sure that's a guy. How dare you assume? <laughs> okay, so, hey, if this sounds better today. I hope it does. This is the first time we're using two different mics. And we'll see. It took us a while it because. It sounds pretty good in my headphones. Does that does that make you feel old that it took us so long to figure out how to how to record with two mics? Well, I, we knew how to do it. It's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's true. We knew how, we knew we could figure it out. We just knew that it was going to be a pain in the ass, and it was. I mean, how many people listen to this? So, like, we we weren't super concerned about it. So, well, now we are. Now we are. We're super concerned. We're starting to get concerned about it. Okay, All right, so, recapping. Big right. time win last night. So it's Friday, September what eighth? September October. October what, 18th? It's October 18th today. Hey, at least we have the day right. It's about time. It's October 18th. We just So last night we beat Detroit. We beat the Detroit. Okay, do you say Detroit or Detroit? Because I say Detroit all the fucking time. Sorry, what's the difference? Detroit. Or? Detroit. I say Detroit. I say Detroit. Detroit? Yeah. I say Detroit. It's because like, like Bob Cole used to say it, and Elliot Friedman says it all the time. He's like, Detroit. So I don't know. I've caught on. It's kind of bugging me because no, I always do that. It's definitely Detroit. But it's spelled Detroit. Yeah, but it's not pronounced Detroit. Maybe it is. You don't know. All right. Anyways. It's like it's not Calgary. It's Calgary. See, I go back and forth on that one. Sometimes I call it Calgary. Sometimes I call it Calgary. Calgary well, definitely is I've better. heard people say before that that's how you can tell who's a Calgarian or yeah. not. Yeah. The Calgarian Okay, but Calgary. there you go. Calgarian. Calgary. Well, you're not going to say Calgarian. Why not? If that's what it is. It's not, it's Italy for hey, Italians. It's the English language, man. I know, it's messed up. You can up. have one meaning with multiple words and vice versa. All right. All right. Let's get into Philly. Let's, 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 let's go let's to Philly first. Philly. Okay, Philly because, first. 3 1 victory against because the Because before we played Philly, we did a pretty scathing comp- podcast. We did pretty we, scathing. We had a scathing review, a scathing grade for pretty much the entire, you know, I mean, outside of the top. Top line. It wasn't that scathing. And I mean, again, we're fans. We're entitled to do that. Well, and the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me from that podcast, so like if you rewind back to three days ago when it was kind of like, yeah, we just lost another two games, was the deployment of the personnel. And the biggest thing, the biggest adjustment we saw going into the last night's game against the Red Wings was Lucic on the fourth line. If you break down all the potential line combinations we've seen since... Preseason all the way up until last night. This has been the best line combos setup oh, yeah. I've seen so far. One hundred. So going into the game, prior to any injuries happening, happening, you had Ryan on the third line centering Bennett and Monch, which was what I think most of us have been clamoring for. Because up until then, it had been Lucic. Because even okay, even we'll get into the Lucic stuff later. But um, are we talking about the Flyers game? Yeah. What are we talking about? Well, just the negativity. Just kind of okay, both, yeah. I got, conf- got confused yeah. there. Anyways, because like everyone's like, oh, Lucci. It's like Lucic was, he's much more effective on the fourth line. Okay, 100%. Like it's not us shitting on all, all over him as a player. It's like he can do that in the fourth line and Mangiapane, Bennett, and Ryan are much more effective 
pairing or combination on the third. And here's the thing. We'll touch on both games, but last night, I don't think I don't think anybody would disagree. That is the closest to Calgary Flames hockey that we saw last year. Yeah, totally. It was last night. Yeah, 100%. That was that was like a game ripped out of last season. Cuz otherwise you see. otherwise you're like kind of picking and choosing between a period here, a shift here, a couple minutes here. Yeah, totally. That I, was that was the most closest thing to a 60-minute game we've seen where they actually looked in sync. And honestly, a couple days ago, the reason why I was so hard on Bill Peters was I felt like people aren't in the right roles. No. And if they, you're not in the right roles... And obviously, that was proven last night. And like you make the one shift, Lucic down to the fourth line, Bennett back on the third with better players. And that's my biggest thing. We did a podcast on Bennett in the offseason was like, Bennett has not played with actual NHL players for any sustained period in his whole career. Well, again, you give Andrew Mangiapane a chance to play more minutes. He's got two goals in two games. So. The third line had, like, instant chemistry. Oh, yeah. The first few shifts. Well, how good was Ryan and Mange last year on that line with Hathaway? And then, I mean, if you look at Bennett, the time Bennett spent with Ryan last year, they were pretty dynamite together, too. So it just seems like the natural yeah. thing to do. And you're telling me that Sam Bennett isn't a massive upgrade than than Hathaway? Oh, totally. It's like, because he probably brings a lot of the same elements, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't see why he can't bring all the same elements and more. Exactly. He's, so a, he's definitely got a more multi-dimensional player. He's got player. way more potential. And, yeah. And I think you saw last night. The guy scored a goal. Yeah. And uh, sure. Manji, okay, we're not really doing too much Philly yet. This, we're talking about the Detroit game last night. Manji Pontiac went down with an injury. Was that the first period? I think it was in the second. second. I thought it should have been a penalty, personally. I didn't. I thought. I mean, I, everyone's like, ooh, because I, I posted somewhere. It was like, that should have been called. And everyone's like, use was accidental. It's like, yeah, generally penalties are accidental. Still a penalty. Trip. Yeah, but I don't know. Two guys he stuck skating. his foot out. Did he? I don't. I'll have to look at it again. If you watch ball. it, it's not intentional, but it should still be a penalty because it moved his foot in a manner that caused Mandrapani to trip. Okay, and I didn't. I didn't see tripping, that tripping. Tripping. I just kind of saw him skating by and Mandrapani. Well, was and the other thing was too, up. like last night they were calling like they were calling everything last night, right? Like all this incidental shit, and then they didn't call that, so that's why it was annoying. Anyways, so Mandrapani got injured, and then they had to go back with. They had to put Lucic back. Well, they didn't have to, but they did. So they put Lucic, Bennett, and Ryan, was it? Yeah, which was, yeah. And they scored two goals. That <laughs> yeah. one had two goals. Yeah. Like that, here, and he, yeah. So the thing is, is that the team was was clicking with the original lines. Yeah. And I think they just had, they were in that, they had the momentum of clicking. And that just did, you know, when they scored those two goals, well, they I were even already think, in the zone. I even think you see like if Derek Ryan can be effective in that third line role, which like we've noticed he has been completely ineffective. He was great last night, and it didn't really matter. It was on, well, it mattered, but I mean like they had Manjapani there, he scored. They had Lucci's there, he scored. I feel like Derek Ryan was the key. Like him playing well and playing like Derek Ryan should play was the key to that. He had a he had a great game. Oh yeah, Manj scored, didn't he? Yeah, that was sweet. So they scored three goals. They had Manja's goal. I don't know if they were on the ice for that goal. So Bennett would have been on. I know Gio shot it and Manj tipped it, but I'm not sure who else was on the ice there. But right. that was a sick tip. That was nice. You know how hard that is? That was a nasty oh, tip. Oh, that was na- it was nasty. Yeah. Very good adjective. Very good adjective. Thank you. Anyways, yeah, I think that's the number one thing we saw last night that was encouraging. It was like, hey, the team looks like... As the Ottawa general manager would say, the team, it looks like a team. 
Yeah. Basically. Like, it, for real. Like, it looked like, okay, there's probably just like, thank God. This is the team that we're all like, yeah. where, where's this team? Exactly. Where is it? We actually saw some Calgary Flames hockey last night. And you night. can see how important it is, and why you've been stressing this, how important it is to have effective bottom six players. 100%. Because they won you the game last and night. And like, here's the point. If you compare Philly to Detroit, very two comparable teams. Which is kind of surprising because I think most... I'm surprised at how bad Philly looks, actually. I'm not surprised, but it's like, if you're a Philly fan, you're disappointed as shit. And we didn't, like, okay, we won against Philly, but it wasn't an impressive win. No, no. Like, I feel like they've let them, they let us beat them. Like, most of why we won that game is because Philly just, like, stunk. They stunk. Yeah. But we dominated Detroit last night for the most part of the game. Totally. So, I mean, for the Philly game, again, like Jordan just said, I think, it, I, I don't know if it was more of, like, that. it was probably the closest game we've seen this, this year to, like, an actual Flames game from last year. Um... But it still wasn't like the best game I've ever seen. We we outshot them for sure. I'm just trying to pull up the stats here. Um, we outshot them 38-22, but I was looking at the stats afterwards. We only had like two high-danger scoring chances in the whole game. Yeah, it was just like, it was, a, it was another flat game. It was like a Glenn Gullitson special where it's like, sure, we dominated possession, but the power play couldn't get going. We couldn't yeah. really get anything going. And I'm glad we won. And, I, and then again, like last night was probably the most, encur- it was the most encouraging best game of the season. 100%. Because you saw a the top six or the bottom six finally sh- not even show up, but actually be effective. And I'm going to go ahead and say because you have to ask the question: Why? What was the difference? And I really feel like guys were in their proper roles last night. Yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's identity was clear. Totally. And it really translated into a, a cohesive team unit. It just shows you the importance of slotting. As Peter Labardius would say, Peter. what do I say is the is the most important thing? Some kind of slotting. Slotting. Some kind of slotting. <laughs> but it is super important, right? Like, and that's what we've been saying specifically with Lucci. Just like the dude needs to be in a role where he can be successful. Yeah. Which I think is playing more limited minutes. And again, he was good with with Ryan and Bennett. I think a lot of that was. Detroit's not that good and, and fast, and, and Ryan and Bennett were playing really well. But again, like, he was so much better. Even even the Jank, even when Jankowski, when he was playing on the Jankowski line, and I was a little worried about that combination, to be honest. The foot speed of those two guys, they were good. Yep. In the limited time they played, no. that was the most effective I've seen Mark Jankowski, and like, that's the most effective I've seen Lucic. 100%. As a fourth line, Janko centering Lucic and Zarnik, yeah. like, they're very dimensional. They're totally. not. Like, they're not one-dimensional in one bit. They all bring something different, and I think they actually they created a nice, cohesive line together. So I really liked how everybody was slotted. Um, yeah, you could really... I, me watching the game, when that line was out there, I could really notice how Zarnik just brings another dimension to the totally. line because of the speed. Oh, yeah. For sure. I Personally, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I know everyone's like, we're, talk, we're gushing about how good the lines were. I personally would be curious because, okay... I thought Froelich had a pretty rough game. I thought I thought of everybody. The three M line struggled pretty bad last night. Well, you know what? The top the top line wasn't very good either. Like I know Lindholm scored on the power play, but the top line was pretty meh. But again, that shows you the importance of your bottom six needing to step up. Johnny and Monty are not going to get it done every hey, single game. If your bottom six can score consistently, let's four, say it's four goals last night, three goals last night. Yeah, 
if they if they're on a consistent level scoring one or two goals chipping in yeah like it just makes all the world of difference how much easier it is to win games totally anyways i thought for league struggled last night so i'm curious to see how bill manages how um yeah the 3m line because, is deployed when he's struggling yeah because for league any way you kind of slice it doesn't really belong on the second line. No, like uh, some like I get why they go back to him so often because it's like he has he's played there for so long. He in a pinch, you know what you're getting there. He's he's relatively reliable there, but then he has game like last night where I didn't think he was very good, and it's like oh shit, we need to be we need to be maximizing that right wing on the second line more. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious to see how Bill manages that. Yep. Um, and maybe maybe what you see is. You just don't have a you don't have a static line. Yeah, no. Like in in the game, you might have for a leak down a few shifts. You might have Mangiapane up a few shifts, and yeah. they go back and they keep changing it. Something for like sure. that. I, I mean, it, that's especially since Bill Peters coming to the fold. It's a it's definitely I think even in today's day and age, it's a lot more common than it used to be. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And again, we know like Bill like to likes to work in pairs, so I know he's probably got like his set pairs that he goes to. Yeah. So and I really like that. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's really, effective. We've it's seen really how effective. we've seen how it's effective. So if you can kind of pair like, okay, if you if your pair is Chucky and Backland, Monty and Johnny, um, Bennett and Ryan, and then like Jankowski and Zarnik, then you can kind of move everybody else in and out. I really like that. It gives you a lot of flexibility, and it gives you. It's kind of like the happy medium of in-game adjustments with stability because I think we've seen the worst of both of those worlds. If you've been a Flames ten for a long time, you've seen Daryl Sutter, who's like things get rough. Line blender. It's like, okay, Jerome McGinley's playing with Tom Costopoulos and, oh my God, I can't. I'm stretching my memory. <laughs> and uh, not Jokinen, not Camilleri. Just like the most random, like Dustin Boyd. It's like, whoa, okay, that's your top line. But then you see the flip side of that is like a guy like Glenn Gullitson where it's like, Troy Brower, will, Alex Chason will never leave the top line ever in his time here. So I, re- I really like the deployment of pairs. Yeah, I'd um, say that's probably Bill's biggest strength. Oh yeah, for sure. Is in-game management. Well, and again, like we uh, we were very hard at <laughs> on that one podcast. When you I mean it took him eight games to he's made the appropriate adjustments. Yeah. And I thought the D pairing, like I did. What did you think of the D pairings last night? Because I thought Gio and Brody were great last night. Yeah, Gio and Brody were good. Um, you know, I I think Noah and Travis struggled again. They struck again. They were they were positive, but again they struggled. And this, it was noticeably to watch this time. Exactly. Like, that's kind of what I've been saying to some people is, like, just spend, like, one game just watching Noah Hannafin and Travis Hamnick and just, like, see where they spend most of the game. And I understand that they play tough minutes. They do get a lot of defensive zone starts. But they spend a lot of time in their own zone, yeah. and they give up a lot. And the other thing I've noticed, too, is that a lot of time, not a lot of times, but, well, a lot of times when they are spending a lot of time in their own end, it's... You could trace it back to like just a small little mistake, exactly. a small little mistake of not being able to break it out. Yep. And now the other team has it back, and the next thing you know, it's like thirty seconds later. Well, again, it's still like, defending in their own end. I've said this before. It's like he's kind of like T.J. Brody light, but it, it it's like he's he make he does give the puck away a lot. Noah Hannafin specifically referring to. Um, so that's why I've kind of been banging the drum for like maybe you maybe you slot him down and give him some more sheltered minutes and. That way, his weaknesses aren't exposed because he's not particularly good in the defensive end. 
Let's say you play him like two or three less minutes a night on the third pairing with a guy like Oliver Shillington. Give him a lot of offensive zone starts. Then you really maximize what Noah Hannafin can do because he is a great offensive guy. He enters the zone very well. He Once he's in the offensive zone, he's very effective. It's just defensively, like, I mean, I don't know. I just, I every time I watch, I watch those two guys closely and I see them, I, I think it's more so a, a bad pairing i don't know if their skill sets work well together and like it's kind of it seems to most people to be counterintuitive because i even heard Lombardi's talking about it and they're all everybody says like oh because you got the defensive defenseman hannah hamannick and you got the offensive defenseman hannafin it's like well they're neither of them are particularly great defensively so i don't know i would explore splitting those two guys up i very much doubt it'll ever happen though but well, you never know because I mean, it's really you have to start looking at the underlying numbers yeah. on a on a game to game basis, which every team now does. Yeah. So I wouldn't say never, um, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement for those two. But yeah, like just like on a nightly basis, they're always tops in scoring chances against. And if you ever want to look at this, I'm looking at Natural Stat Trick. It's just a website that like gets there's a lot of analytics on there. All right, I mean, so let's start, so. let's wrap up the Philly game. It was a dry one. I mean, I like Froelich's goal, even though. Elliot was interfered with by his own goal. Philly was dry. Philly was dry as shit. Yeah, they did like they had two they, high danger chances. Maybe there early. was five minutes. Yeah. Where, where they turned it on. Yeah. And but that, had, that and was a couple high dangers. Special right there. Yeah. They, they dominated, but they didn't create much. So it's good to get the win. I mean, it's good that they're you know, but yeah, yeah it was a boring. Ass and game. then I would say. Obviously, last night, that's the most entertaining game of the year. Oh, totally. We Especially find, with all the Lucci shit. We finally got to see some fireworks last yeah, night. Yeah, that was great. So last night against Detroit, I mean, the I think the play or the part of the game that sticks out the most to me is Lucic coming down. I don't know. Who, who, who was that D-man? Do you even I know? Don't, is Biega, maybe? I think it was Alex Biega. I could be way off, but I'm pretty sure that's who And it it's was. kind of funny because sometimes when, when Kelly Rudy does the, the color and he goes through some of the replays... I mean, he hams it up a bit. I mean, he's a bit of a homer. <laughs> oh, you don't say, eh? He's a bit of a I homer. like Kelly, though. Oh, I love Kelly. He's homer in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he was not wrong at all by saying that this D-man saw Lucic coming, and he fucking, like, basically was so scared to get drilled that he basically was like, okay, just take the puck. Well, and I mean, the other thing that I really noticed from that is, like, it seemed like Lucic, again, when you watch him, especially live, I've noticed this, he's so slow. He was faster last night. But he looked faster last night, and it seems that if he, again, may, again, this speaks to me, I think, for him being deployed on the fourth line much more effectively, if he can play the game like north-south yeah. and not have to do a lot of, like, that's why I think he doesn't play well with a guy like Sam Bennett or Derek Ryan. If he can just play like a north-south game, retrieve a few pucks, that's going to yeah. be way more effective. Because he looked like... He didn't look markedly slow when he no. was skating after that puck. I was like, holy shit, he's really going after There's that. There's been like two games. I think it was the other one was the Dallas game. I can't remember. There's like two games that stand out for me that, yeah. where he's like, how come he doesn't look slow tonight? Yeah. So, yeah, because even like, I mean, there's a couple of times I remember he was skating to where a loose puck was going, and I was like, holy shit, he's got some wheels right now. Yeah, so in like those straight lines, I don't know what the mechanics of that is, like biomechanically or whatever. If there's like a <laughs> and anatomical then, difference between like... Maybe, I'm going to throw this out there, and let's hope that this is true, is that maybe he's just adjusting to the tempo of what style game the Flames play. Perhaps. Which would be fucking great. But again, like, again, we shit on Lucic plenty on this, not on him personally on the trade as a whole, but I mean, like, if he can play like that for the majority of the season, like, yeah. not, obviously he's not going to score or have an assist and be like that every every game, but if he can be effective yeah. like that, 
I mean, that's and that's that's all that's all you really can ask from the guy. That's a huge game for those guys. Yeah, not just to contribute on the scoreboard, but just just on your confidence totally. and mentally. Yeah, because exactly. Sam Bennett gets on the board with a hey, that's Lucic who sets up that goal. Oh, that's all Lucic right there. Yeah, and I mean, good on Bennett for actually burying it for once. But exactly. But yeah, that was. I thought I thought Derek Ryan had a monster game. I thought Sam Bennett had a really good game. Yep. I thought Gio and Brody were good, um, and I thought Lucic was really good. Yeah. Like he was incredibly effective that, last all night. The, like hands down, that's the best game he's had all year. That's the best game, and again, I don't. That's the best game Sam Bennett's had. Yeah. That's the best game Derek totally, Ryan's had. Totally. That's the best game Milan Lucic has had. Probably the best game Mark Jankowski's that's had. The best game Mark Jankowski's yeah. had. It's probably the best game Zarnik's had. Yeah, for sure. So they were good. Again, I honestly think it's because everybody's in the right spot right now. Totally. Again, yes. It's not even the right spot where it's like we want to see these players here, but playing to their strengths. Like, exactly. Anyways. Okay. So um, we'll see. We'll have to see how that continues to unfold. Because yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, the it sounds like Lindholm's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He, I think he if any, a little whack. I think if anybody's injured, it's Mangiapane. Yeah, that looks pretty concussion-y. And so, I mean, he left the game almost immediately. Um, but, I mean... I don't know if that's spotting, but the fact that we haven't heard anything kind of, I don't know. To me, that kind of like rings a few alarm alarm bells. Okay, Steinberg just tweeted about this. Uh, decent chance Andrew Penny misses time coming from Thursday's game in Detroit. Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Wow. What? Do you read this? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just reading this right off of Steinberg's Twitter. He says, so if Penny doesn't play um, over the next little, if he misses some time, the Flames have no cap flexibility. So calling somebody up from the AHL is going to be tricky. So they might have to send Oliver Shillington down. Ooh, that's that's not good. I do not like that. See, this is this like, is the when you sign too many guys, man. This is again, you're in cap trouble. Yeah, this is again like because when people are like, you just got under the cap. This this is where you get in trouble. Which man. is weird because now if if you have to bring someone up to to take care of any forward injuries, what if somebody gets hurt on D? Oh man! Yikes! Okay, it's maybe that's like means... you're like you're covering a forward injury, which means you have to weaken your defense. That's kind of weird. That's really weird. That just shows you why. Well, again, being this close to the cap is big time, big time trouble. Yeah. Shit, that's really weird. That kind of bums me out. Yeah, that's, that's a bummer. really rough. That's a bummer. Oh, I don't like that at all. Because if it is a concussion, I mean, there's no way it was severe. I mean, you're looking at probably maybe it's a mild concussion. Well, okay, now you're missing Manjipani and Shillington. Yikes, I do not like that. No. Maybe Jankowski gets traded. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's kind of a bummer. All right. Well, what can you do, I guess? But again, that just shows you precarious cap situation, man. Yeah. You can get into some serious trouble. I remember there was that one season when Daryl Sutter was still around. They had to literally dress like three lines in the last game in Edmonton because there were so many injuries and they were right up against the cap. It was brutal. So... All right, well, we'll see how that develops. Yeah, I'm hoping... Obviously... I'm hoping that's not the case because that would be bad. Obviously, the other injury we're looking at is Elias Lindholm. He, I don't think... He, it sounds like he's totally fine. Steinberg tweeted after the game, says his nothing serious, so... All right. Helm got fined five grand today for that. Yeah, I saw that. It was a, it was a shitty play because, I mean, like, they didn't show the replay on Sportsnet for, like, eight years. They only showed the elbow from way up high, so it looks pretty bad on Lindholm. And well, they didn't show the previous slew fit. So the whole sequence of events was, off the face-off, Helm slew foots Lindholm. And then what happens is Lindholm like, kind of shoved him. He went to hit him. 
And then if you watch the replay from what Sportsman was showing, it looks like Lindholm like viciously elbowed him. But you saw the replay afterwards, and he like, right? He missed him. Like he didn't even touch him hardly. So yeah, here's the thing. Like I remember I was actually on my phone tweeting or texting you or something like that. Yeah. And then I heard all this commotion. I'm like, oh shit, let me back it up because I'm watching my computer. And so I backed it up to the face-off. I'm like, well, I'm like, what's the all this? You don't have two guys freaking out on each other. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I look at the face-off. They're on their lineup on the... I mean, it's not the hash marks, but they're lined up on the red line. Yeah. And they're just kind of like doing that thing where you tussle. Just shove a bit. And then all of a sudden, it is. It's slew foot. It's brutal. Lindholm gets slew footed. And so he chases Helm back into the zone and like... He hits him. He hits him and then Helm kind of just... It, it wasn't much of a hit. It wasn't satisfactory to Lindholm. <laughs> But you could tell, obviously, Lindholm, obviously, he was a cheap slow foot because yeah. how pissed off are you actually to go back a second time to a right? guy? And the thing is, I think he was probably just like trying to freak him out. I don't think he was actually trying to injure him, hit him in the face. He's just probably just like, fuck off. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, it didn't look like he hit him to me when I saw it. I'm like, people were like, oh, Lindholm elbowed him. Well, yeah, when you see it from that stupid angle that Sportsnet kept showing for some reason, it looked pretty bad. But then you saw it from the other angle. It was like, oh, okay. Here's the thing. If he actually made contact, Helm would have went down. Yeah. He would have went down. Because, I mean, you get contact like that. like you're, It's like a split second. Like, you lose motor control and you're you're down. He was fine. Totally missed him. So then he comes back. Two-handed whack in the back of the legs. Yeah. I didn't really know how much to read into it because typically when you see that, it could I mean, be a guy like jamming it up a little bit. Unless a guy is winding up from like, like way above his head. I mean, it hurts. how much? How how hard like, can he what is possibly that? hit you? Yeah. So unless it's he like, like right on that tendon, unless kind of, he just fucking hit him on just the, the yeah, just on the weirdest spot. Like if you do it a hundred times, just a stinger. If you do it a hundred times, sure you go down, you milk it a bit. But yeah. that was kind of weird to see him like limp like off the ice. Anything, yeah. It seemed like I don't know. So maybe I, he just hit something. Yeah. But I, it sounds I, like he's gonna be fine. Okay. But to, like, the, okay, I, I kind of I was bitching about the officiating last night. But I mean, like, imagine they were calling weird shit all night. I didn't think it was very good. And this is across the league. The officiating's been bad. But I mean, like, I didn't like that they didn't call the trip on Manjapani. It's like that's a tr- that's a trip to me. And then the other thing that I really didn't like was like, here, this is a pet peeve of mine when like officials talk about stuff escalating and you get into the things where it's like Lin- Lindholm elbows him, Helm slashes him. It's like, why didn't they call the dangerous slew foot right off the face-off? What are they watching? Call that. You won't have the escalation. It drives right. me nuts. But like, here's the play on Manjipani if you just want to watch it. I, I thought it was, like, he sticks his foot out. It's coming up here. Right here, he, just, he sticks his foot out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's a trip. Obviously, he's not trying to hurt him, but he did it, so... I, it's, the officiating's bugging me, but anyways, it was a good game last night. Hopefully, Manjipani, like I don't that whole Shillington thing being sent down possibly really throws a whole wrinkle in it. See, I, I, sometimes I wish it was the 1940s, right? And you had a rule that the the team that suffered the because Helm got a five minute major, yeah, and a game. Mm-hmm. I wish that did they Cal- revert it? I think they reverted it. No, they reviewed it, it. Oh, no, and no. they upheld it. But I wish. Like say it was still bloodbath nineteen forties fifties whatever that oh, the flames like this. the flames could decline the five minute penalty to keep Helm in the game so that Lucic could fucking <laughs> seek some revenge and just punch him in his stupid face. Lucic wouldn't do it. I don't think he would. No, Everybody gar- seems to think that. I don't guarantee think he would. this is where he would. Lucic do it. isn't dumb. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, in you're up five one. If they're down five one, he would. No, no, he would have no, done it. One hundred percent, dude. He's on a new team. He's trying to prove himself. Trying to stick up for everybody. He's already done it. I don't think he would. 
Okay, why would he do it to Zadorov and not Helm when this is like 10 times worse? They were losing. Yeah, they were still in the game. I don't know. He's more likely... I don't know the psychology. He's more likely to do it when the game's already done and I over. I mean, I would have liked to have seen it, but... Okay, well, we'll see. Because the sad thing is, I looked it up, I think it's not until February 20th. Yeah, because I kind of always forget they, they're in the East. I'm not, they've been in the East forever now, we don't but pl- it's just you still kind of forget. We only play Detroit twice a year. The we next time we play... Lot. In Detroit is not till like mid February, yeah. So things might have cooled off, but we'll see. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have a little bet going when they in Detroit and see if Lucic seeks some revenge yeah. on <laughs> Helm, and not even Lucic. I bet you everybody's gonna get in his face. Somebody's gonna fight him. Lindholm might. Lindholm's got some piss and vinegar, eh? He does. I love it. Like he's got some. I'm like, in love he with this he guy. hits. He plays hard. I. You know he's what? That's the, probably the most encouraging. One of the most like encouraging things thus far of the season is the play of Lindholm because like I count me in the camp of guys who thought that last year was kind of like an aberration. And again, it's been eight games, so I'm not willing to be like, oh, this guy's absolutely for real point per game player in the NHL. But I mean, like he's been so good. He's, he's, already, got, he's already got five he's already got goals. Five goals. He leads the top line in goals. Yep. So I, that's really awesome because I expected him to not drop off a cliff, but definitely regress this year, and he's looking real good right, thus far. Speaking of fireworks, we're in L.A. again tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, okay one thing I, really, I want to touch on quickly from the Detroit game. Sorry, because that was a beautiful segue, and I fucked it up. But the power play, do you notice the adjustment? Yes, they switched so Lindholm, switch Lindholm Chucky. and Chucky. And wasn't I just saying the other day they should switch Johnny and Chucky? Yeah. Because... I don't know. Johnny, I don't like Johnny in front of the net. Though. Johnny, well, no. He needs to still be the main distributor. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I, I don't know. The He's whole, not a threat the, to shoot like, We were talking about this the other day. They don't have a lot of set plays, it looks like. It seems yeah. like the only set play they have is Johnny down to Chucky. Up to Monty. Up to Monty in the slot. Or the cross ice to Lindholm on his strong side, wrist shot. Yeah. And like, That's neither it. one has been working. Yeah. But yeah, so like you said, they made the adjustment. They switched. They switched Lindholm and Chuck. And I kind of so liked it. Chucky was on. Chucky was on the right wing, so like the flank there. Yeah, and he was he was quarterbacking from that side. Yeah, and I kind of like it because I feel like he's a more dangerous shooter. Well, and a playmaker. Yeah. So now you have two playmakers. So on I, each side, on each flank. Yeah. So I I think it still obviously runs through Goudreau, and that's where the Flames' the power play is a little different. I don't know. It's probably a strength and a weakness, right? It's because Goudreau is so good at facilitating plays at, on the left wing there. But also, he's not a threat to shoot at all. So it's like you don't have That's that true. threat of a shot on both sides. So yep. you have to. You, but you with can Chucky, e- you, you can do. easily play the pass there. Yeah. So I totally understand that, but I I don't know. I kind of like it. Like I think it. I don't know. I think Kachuk is a better shooter than Lindholm. Don't you? I don't know, especially on his off wing. Well, I I think it depends on what type of shot. I'm not sure. I, I like how, I like how it gives you a different look and some different options, though. I think they're just different. Yeah. So I think maybe one's you, not necessarily better. They're they're different. What I would like to see is maybe you just kind of like if the, you, your main power play unit has two different looks. So let's say you come up the ice, Lindholm's on his regular spot on the right wing boards, nothing works. Yep. Puck goes down the other way. Try it, you flip it. Yep. So I mean the other thing we I like the adjustment. The other thing we were saying the other day is why not try more shots from the point? They did. Yeah. I mean Gio scored on a shot from the point yeah. too. So he had two power play goals last night. So I'm glad to see they're at least adjusting it. I think it worked for the most part. I think even... You know what was cool, though, is um, I noticed that... I've never seen anybody do this. Did you see how the Red Wings were defending the zone entry? Yeah. That was weird. It was smart. It was effective, yeah. It totally worked. Yeah. It completely 
screwed the flames up that one time. What did he just kind of the guy that does so, the back like, pass? They yeah. just kind of followed him so up. So they, the they let Gio completely go because they knew they were gonna. So like he didn't follow Giordano. So Gio usually carries the puck up to the red line and then will drop it back for Johnny, who will come pick it up. Yeah. And he and Lindholm will enter, but they just let Giordano bust right through and he stayed behind. Yeah. And was right on Gaudreau. It was weird. Yeah. So I liked it, but I think you'll see teams start to like. Geo's just gonna be like, okay, thanks. And well, bust, he bust in. he made an adjustment that same power play. Yeah, for sure. The second time he was like, fuck it, I'll take it in. But I'm surprised it's taking a team that long to defend the power play that way. Anyways, Kate, do us do a sweet save. All right, so we had some fireworks last night. Speaking of fireworks, mm. you get the rematch: Drew Doughty versus Matthew Kachuk in LA this time. Let's By the way, LA go, LA has been back to back shutout at home. By the way, there's a train going by the office right now. So just so you know. I think it's okay. I can kind of hear it. But. Yeah, sorry. All right. So, and then there. The, oh, oh, one more thing too before we jump to that. So many things. Because last night, look, PPG PP is now rolling. PP. You got the Lions rolling. You got yep. the bottom six actually effective now. You got the Lions. You got people where they belong. And I was listening to Lubo this morning. He's basically saying that hey, when you have a game like that where the bottom six gets in it and they start rolling a bit, what it does is it increases your overall confidence. And even as a, from a fan, from watching the game, I feel like it's increased my confidence. And oh, yeah. now I'm like, okay, hey, LA, which you have no problem with. Totally. Whereas before I'm like, fuck, are we going to suck again? Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it just shows you again, how important that bottom six is having depth. Yeah. Okay. Apparently Drew Doughty wants to <laughs> put the rivalry to, to bed as soon as he scored the game winning goal. Yeah. As soon as he comes out on top, he's like, I'm done. I'm done with it. I don't want to do it so anymore. He said like his mom is mad at him or some shit. Apparently his mom, well, court. Like if you're a mom and your your child says suck the my fan dick, to suck my dick to a thousand people, like <laughs> generally they're not impressed. Yeah. I don't know. I I honestly, dude, Gary, I think Kachuk is gonna fuck with him tomorrow. Oh, are you? What do you mean you think? Because everybody's kind of like, mean, yeah. What do you mean you think? I know he's gonna fuck with him. A hundred percent. Like, and again, like, I don't think it's going to be in an obvious way. I think it's going to be super subtle. Oh, no, it'll be obvious. When somebody least expects it. No, it'll be obvious. It's like, hey, the f- it's just going to be the mo- No, I think it's going to be su- I think he's going to fuck with them in, like, not an obvious way. No, no. Chucky wants this rivalry to be displayed. He's talking in Canada, dude. Yeah. He wants this to be on display for all of Canada, for all of the United States, or anybody's watching. Totally. It's not going to be subtle one and, bit. And you know, you know, and I know he knows that Doughty can't resist. It's like Doughty has no self-control. Dude, So I if watched... Chuck does something even minuscule, that's just like he could say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Doughty's going to lose his shit. I went back and watched most of that LA Kings game because we were there and like the perspective from the game in the, in the stands yeah. is always way different. Dude, Chucky oh. was in his... He lives... Lives rent-free. In his kitchen. Yeah. He lives in a kitchen. Oh, totally. And Jowdy, <laughs> Jowdy's at a point now where he has absolutely zero clue what to do. Yeah. Because he knows he won't beat him in a fight. He knows that if he tries to start some altercation, that Chucky will still win the battle. And he knows that Kachuk is, like, throwing him off his game. He's He doesn't know what to do. So that's why you saw him explode the way he did when he scored the game-winning goal. Because, I mean, he needed that. Yeah. But all that did was just fucking piss Chucky off exactly. even more. Like, you think you think right now they're going to squash it? No chance uh, yeah. in hell is Kachuk letting this go. No. He's definitely fucking with them. And I I got I feel like Chucky personally feels more confident to fuck with people now that he has oh, yeah. Cheech on the bench. Well, and I feel like, I kind of feel like 
I said earlier, like, I don't know if anything's gonna happen tomorrow. I feel like something could happen again that's like out of the view of people, maybe. I don't All know. Right. I, th I think he might fuck with them in like some weird ass <laughs> math you could chuck away. So this is definitely LA. Okay. If you, here's the thing. What we've seen is we, this team has slowly started building game yeah. by game by game. We've seen before last night, you've seen here and there flashes of the team we saw last year and they're just trying to slowly build that team game i think the line adjustments was what put us over the edge totally we looked like our team so yeah. you, now you need to go into la you need to build off that last win the way that you played keep building yeah and you need to win tomorrow night like yeah. tomorrow night is a must win tomorrow night's a big night because it's like kate like you said we've been starting to get it together don't let this start to slide now it's like now is the perfect time to start hitting your stride and start banking some points. Keep building two teams, Pacific Division teams that you need to that you can they should be that you will be ahead of in the standings. So like now's the time to start kicking it into high gear. And honestly, okay, sure. Anaheim, if we if we didn't have such a terrible record there, I wouldn't be so concerned with it. Yeah. That's almost a must win too. I'm looking at this this weekend road trip. You got LA and Anaheim back to back. You need three out of four points. Yeah, I think so for sure. And 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 I think you and need four out of four is is not. It should be on. It should be your goal. Like you should. Weekend. Yeah. Like I, it's not like one of those ones where it's like, oh, we're going to. We're just somewhere tough to play now. It used to be well, nice. just Vegas and San Jose. Yeah, if you go Vegas, San Jose, it's like okay. Hopefully, we can get two points out of this or something. Or even yeah. if we get a point, that'd be a win. I think this weekend, like you're looking at it, you're saying, yeah, we should be. No, we should be able to. But it's like we need to bank four points against two lower teams, especially the Kings. Um, so yeah, I'm I, the Ducks. It's always like shit. The Ducks have been playing pretty good. Yeah. Gibson's been lights out as usual. Um, but we should still beat them. I think so. Like we still whoop Especially, their ass. Here's the thing: if you just have a game uh, yesterday against the Detroit Red Wings, that's a building block game. Exactly. You need to build from that. Yeah. So I know, and that's probably what Bill is saying to the to the team. So you should come out with a win in LA, and you want to do the exact same thing. You want to keep building. And sure, here's my point: if you're gonna keep building and you have you play the same style against the Ducks, you tell me you're not going to win that game. Oh, no, for sure. So, I mean, the only way they drop the game of that Ducks yeah. is if they, if they take another they step get away from their game, yeah, for sure. So I think four points for sure. So, I think we probably do see Talbot. Well, we do, we're going to see Talbot on against Anaheim, I think. So, what would you do? I think it's do? been confirmed yet. What would you do? I would probably go Talbot and Anaheim. Yeah, me too. The reason why is I would ride... I would... Listen, like, if you're just looking at it on paper... Before the season starts, I'd probably have Talbot penciled in for LA. Yeah. But based on the way you go week to week, game by game, mm -hmm. I think you have to ride Riddick right now. Yeah, he's been he's been great. And if LA two games in a row. And if LA out of the two games is the must win, why not put your starter in? Exactly. You need to win that game. Yeah, that's I've, I've never that used to be a big beef with me with like the uh, Kippersoft air goalies. It's like they'd always put the backup in against the weaker teams and then get crushed. It's like you need to get those points. Put your best foot forward and absolutely get the points you need to get. And then part two of that too is that we saw it with, with Glenn Galtz and he actually helped his team actually win in Anaheim for the first time in how long was it? That was ridiculous. Since 2004. That was the longest, I think that in, in it any was sport, the longest. In any sport, right? I don't know if it was sport, but I think it they definitely said in was any some sport. insane record. Anyways, yeah, I think you see Talbot so, in Anaheim. But Glenn Galson did a good job. He brought that voodoo doll in and all that kind of stuff. And the team finally, just went on a train the team finally got a win. But they haven't won their, won their since. So that's why I like 
having Talbot there. You got a guy that's not even part of it. He has no... Yeah, no weird... He's, he's not part bullshit. of this weird... Yeah. Well, I can't win it. What do you mean I can't win? I've always won it. Yeah. So... They almost why, beat them in the second round when he was in Edmonton. That's why I like Talbot even more so yeah. in Anaheim because it's like some guy that does not even think about that, that hopefully gets you a win. Yeah, and I, I'm curious to see how Bill... Because I this is something I think we're going to start tracking and look at at the, at the end of the season is like, how does Bill manage when Talbot starts? Because... Again, like I think we've talked about this before, but one of our frustrations with how um, Glenn Gullitson managed the goalies was like he stuck to his schedule to a detrimental degree. Yeah, it was like even when a guy is on a roll, and goalies are weird, right? And goalies get streaky. It's like even when a guy was playing well and should have been in the lineup, he was like, "We're going with our schedule. We're putting the backup in." Well, and then you screw everything up. Bill already did the reverse. Yeah, exactly. Because he's when when Talbot was he was supposed to play against LA mm-hmm. the first time they came. But Bill said, I mean, Riddick's coming right off a shutout. We're not going back to Talbot. We're yeah. going back to Riddick. So hopefully that train I got, he he's, he's shown that he's not going totally. to pull a Glenn Galton. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not too worried about Talbot. I thought he looked fine in San Jose. Um, I, again, I've been a big fan of this guy, so I'm not too worried about it at all. Okay. So, yeah. You need at least three out of four points. And I'm even more so leaning on you should get four out of four here. Yeah, you should. I think I think if you get three, you're you're good. Yeah. Um, just because with everything that happens in Anaheim, it come, it's a back to back. The Ducks have actually been pretty good this year. Um, I like what they're. I like a lot of what they're doing actually. I really like Dallas Eakins as a coach, and they got Gibson. So it's going to be tough to get a win in Anaheim, coming off a back to back, probably with your backup netminder um, against. I don't know if, if Gibson will play or Miller. E- either way, they have two really good goalies. So yeah. Um, I I would be I would be just fine with three out of four points. So, does Anaheim play on Saturday night? No, they play, they play tonight against the Hurricanes, who are, oh, man, are they good. So, they'll be coming in fresh on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, so you might see either Gibson or Miller. Yeah, Probably it, depends on how they do tonight. Yeah, for sure. I don't think Gibson is playing tonight. But, I mean, either either one of those guys, they've got a really solid uh, net-minding duo. Yeah. So, yeah. I, right. I, you know what? A few a few good games has, has not turned my faith around. But, again, like it is confidence-building, right? You just have more. You have more confidence in going to the next game as, totally. as a fan. You're just like, you know what? I don't feel especially when you're when question you, mark. Yeah, when your biggest concerns, i.e., the bottom six, absolutely sucking ass. They yeah. looked great last night. Hundred percent. So it's like our biggest concern has been somewhat rectified. All right. So we'll get we'll touch base on Monday. We'll do a recap of the weekend leading up to the to next week. You got Capitals in Florida in town, and then it's the Heritage Classic. Wow, that comes up fast, eh? I can't wait to see those jerseys. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, I want to see Manjanet, though. I hope he's okay. Wow, that sounded whiny. <laughs>